And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 300. Yay! We all like 300 because it's a nice round number. It's not our 300th episode. That was last week. But uh, it is nice to think of this as the anniversary, of course. And, you know, our 301st outing is actually. But, um, you know, hey, uh, we're we're always happy to to celebrate the big round numbers. And that's kind of what it's all about. This is kind of a weird time, isn't it? As far as we as fans, you know, we we kind of have come with with this... uh, this anticipation of the new movies that were all coming up at the end of the year. So, you know, Thor Ragnarok and Justice League back in uh, November. And then, of course, Star Wars The Last Jedi in December. And now that it's all out and now that it's all in the public, it's there's like a really palpable kind of a sighing in the fandom that I can see and just people like. Ah, now it's all out. Now we don't have to worry about about all this stuff. And it's it's been very weird, you know, as being somebody who doesn't really closely follow the spoilers and all that stuff. Um, we went to go see Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and I do have some opinions about it, but I don't think that it's a betrayal of Star Wars the way that a lot of other people do, and I don't really understand those that that find it thus. And uh, you know, and so I really don't understand that at all. I thought it was a, a pretty good film. It was much better than the predecessor, the uh, the Force Awakens. So I'm really interested to see now where it goes next. And I'm really, I think that uh, for once, Hollywood actually had the right idea about what to do with this property because you can't have it be same same. You know, because even back in the day, you know, Return of the Jedi was a pretty weak film. And, you know, it was not the ideal jumping off point for a second trilogy. And so I think that they've kind of brought it back now, now back to where it should be. And uh, let's see what happens. I'm really actually looking forward to Star Wars Episode Nine whenever that comes out. Um, anyway, uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. And uh, if anybody agrees, disagrees, whatever, they can certainly feel free to give me their feedback. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Just look for us over there, and you will find us. All right, so with that, we are going to continue our exploration of Journey into Mystery, and in this particular case, The Adventures of Sif. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. And this week we are looking at Journey into Mystery, number 653. 
And this came out in 2013. Cover art is by Jeff DeCal. Shows Beta Ray Bill with his arm around Sif, just kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of cuddling her, I guess. Uh, cradling her in a sense. And she's got her hand, she's kind of grabbed onto his, his arm. And she's got her sword uplifted in one hand. And my God, his bicep is bigger than her head. And his knee is also bigger than her head. Um, I know that, that Bill is bigger than Sif. And, you know, he's bigger than a lot of Asgardians, but I don't think he's that much bigger. <laughs> anyway, he looks Sif look tiny, and he still has way too many teeth because uh, DeKal is not drawing uh, Bill's mouth properly. Um, in the background, there's a sort of a stained glass window thing of a hummingbird drinking out of a flower. And I'm only assuming it's meant to be symbolic. So anyway, uh, it says, uh, Sif's torrid space opera continues on her journey into mystery. Ooh. And we do get a, um, a nice little fronts piece here, uh, which gives us the credits. And it's kind of a splash, but it's made to look like the uh, cover of an old paperback book. So there's like foxing on it and scratches and they kind of, you know, made it distressed. And it actually is kind of a uh, kind of a cool effect. Uh, didn't Don't expect to see that in a comic. But anyway, our little summary is here. The All-Mother Gaia has been struck by a mysterious malady affecting both her and her mystical garden. As a loyal warrior goddess, Sif took the care of the All-Mother upon herself. Well, Gaia is not the All-Mother, but okay. Transporting Gaia and her garden to a lonely asteroid for quarantine, Sif tended to her in peace, until screaming out of the darkness of space came the spaceship of none other than a Corbinite from her past, Beta Ray Bill. We get the title of the story, Seeds of Destruction, Part 2. Catherine Imminen was the writer, Valerio Schitti is the artist, Jordi Belair is the colorist, VC's Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Jeff DeKal did the cover, as we said. Jacob Thomas is the assistant editor. Lauren Sankovich is the editor. Axel Alonzo was the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada, the chief creative officer. Dan Bulkley was the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. Uh, we open up to the beginning of the story where we have a very different art style. And we see Scuttlebutt screaming in at high speed to the Avengers Deep Space Satellite and is chasing a big red kind of weird cactus insecty looking ship. Um, and we get a little bit of uh, narration here. In the beginning, there was ice above and fire below. And in between, there was only cold and darkness. The rivers were still my blood. The hills were still my bones. My skull formed the heavens. And out of the cold and the darkness I wept the stars into being. And I was expanded. I was everything for all time. And it turns out to be some sort of a dream or, or something because then we have uh, Sif waking up in a dark room and uh, she's saying, my head. And uh, the narration says... Uh, I was talking to someone. I am certainly drunk. Wait. And she's um, having some sort of memory of this crashing into the uh, this uh, outer space uh, outer space outpost. And the, she's saying, "Not drunk. I can feel the end of my nose, all my fingers, all my my legs. Where am I? I, I wait. 
I'm on the Avengers Deep Space Monitoring Station, and she's remembering that there was a big impact and everything got collapsed around her. There were two ships, a crash. I was talking to, and there's a skitching noise, skitch, skitch, and scree, and she says out loud, there was a voice. I can't remember. I, my head is being cleaved by an axe. And there's a, a screeing and wreckage is being lifted off her, obviously. She's going from being in the dark to being in the light. And all of a sudden she sees something, makes her say, you! <laughs> and it is Beta Ray Bill. There's a little bit of awkwardness in the in the design, uh, the way that the Shiti is drawing him here. But uh, well, we'll talk about that at the end, maybe. But anyway, uh, so it is Beta Ray Bill. And he's lifting the wreckage off her, and he's like, Seth? And she's like, Bill? There's like a live wire that uh, is kind of flapping around, and it, it hits Beta Ray Bill on the shoulder and goes, Sizzt. And um, Sif says, maybe you could put that down and help me out of here. Yes, of course, says Bill. And he tosses aside some of the wreckage, and um, he uh, is going to pull her out. And uh, she says, if it was as simple as that, do you not think I would have done it by now? As I push up, something pulls down. Brute force may not be the answer. As incredible as that sounds. Bill reaches for his hammer, <laughs> because that's what he does. And he says, that stormbreaker will set you free. Put that away. My head is right here, says Sif. So uh, you can see that she's cut and bleeding and... Uh, She's like, by all that is holy, Bill, next you'll be asking me to keep still while you perfect your knife-throwing abilities. My leg is caught. I would like to keep all my toes. Just hold it still. Yes, my lady, says Bill. I can tell when you're being sarcastic, Bill. You never could before. And Bill is kind of holding up the wreckage so that... Uh, uh, Sif can pull her uh, leg out, and she does, and we see it immediately starts bleeding. So, yeah, so she's cut up pretty good here. And she's like, thank you. They're looking around, and amazingly enough, they're not, like, blown out into space because uh, it looks like everything is pretty damaged in here. And Bill is saying, I, I crawled from the wreckage of Scuttlebutt. I heard your voice, Sif. I... I'm quite pleased to see you too, Beta Ray Bill, says Sif. And we can see in this panel that he's not anywhere near that much larger than she is like we uh, saw on the covers. They're, they're not, she, he is bigger, but like I said, you know, her, uh, her head is not uh, smaller than his biceps. <laughs> so anyway, um, Bill is kind of holding her up and, and he says, uh, your head is bleeding. Is it? It is nothing, says Sif. We need to find out if the atmosphere is stable in here. There is a shield that has extended itself over the site. It appears to be holding. It also looks like Stark technology. Is Iron Man here? No, no, it's just me. I, no, my head is swimming. Oh, gods, Gaia, Gaia is here too somewhere. Why is the Earth Mother here? Why is she not in Asgardia, says Bill. Because she, Bill, the last thing you said, you were something about your girlfriend? And we get a view now of uh, what's going on, and we see that the uh, two spaceships have kind of crashed into this garden of, of Gaia's, and it's also the, the satellite that they're all sitting on, so it's kind of wrecked up the joint. 
and uh, we can see Scuttlebutt has been impaled, and you know, all of the, you know, the, both the base and both of the ships are damaged. And Bill is shouting out, Scuttlebutt, can you hear me? Scan for T Ashara. Scuttlebutt, wake up. And Stiff says, Your ship appears to be out of commission, Bill. T Ashara may have been thrown clear of the crash. You check inside. I must find Gaia. We must find Tiashara. And he goes running off, and there's um, uh, like lightning coming out of his hands and, and out of the hammer. Sif says, Well, Bill, you should not have wasted so much time talking. I was not talking, says Bill. I was rescuing you. You were the one who was talking. That is how I found you. And he smashes through into the, uh, the ship or the base, I'm not sure which. I think it's in, uh, it's Tiasha Ra's red cactus thing ship. And uh, he goes dropping down inside. It's cool. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. We get a, uh, like a, a silhouette glimpse of, of Bill dropping down inside. And they, they make him look very much like Thor. Uh, because he, he kind of does. He has a similar costume. And he's got the, the discs on the front of his uh, costume that apparently glow. Or they're just doing it for artistic effect, I'm sure. That woman could talk for Asgard. It's only slightly less annoying because she can fight at the same time. And uh, he's in the ship and he's shouting out, Tiashara, can you hear me? He's kind of walking through the ship and he's like, what on? And he stumbles across what looks like a giant data bank or maybe it's a, some kind of a creature. Not really sure, but it's very alien looking. There's lots of, looks like pipe organ pipes. And then there's a bunch of like oozy, like H.R. Giger type of equipment, which actually is, is pretty cool, I have to say. I would love it if they did it more in the style of Giger, but it, it does look very H.R. Gigerish, and I like that kind of thing. And the ship is saying, Carbonite, cyborg, superfluous, rejected. And like these tentacles come up and they, they push Beta Ray Bill out of the ship. And he goes, Arr! Sif is kind of running out to the edge of the uh, where the crashed spaceships are and towards the garden. And uh, she's saying, Rescuing me? That man can be beaten senseless with tears severed hand and still say that he won the fight. I have never met anyone with less humor and more need of it. It's little wonder she was running from him. <laughs> and um, she shouts out, Tiashara! Kea! She sees or hears something, and she's like, wait, there. And she goes leaping down, and uh, she's bounding down. And uh, he, she has come across a body laying on the ground, and it is a, well, it appears to be a Corbinite woman. So I'm assuming that that is Tiasha Ra. And uh, she's like, Bill, I have found her, Bill. Her life still spins upon its axis, but barely. She uh, is kind of looks up and she's like, help me. And Sif is like, I am here. And it looks like they're, the plants are trying to cover up uh, Tiashara. And uh, she is saying, uh, uh, this damnable garden would bury you alive. I begin to think this place will be a tomb for us all. And so she picks the, uh, the woman up and she carries her into the, um, the ship. And there's some sort of a... Um, uh, like a suspense tube or 
I don't know what a freezing tube. I don't know. It's they're they're in some kind of medical base, so I'm assuming it's sort of suspended animation thing. And she puts the uh, the woman in that, and uh, she's uh, kind of looking down on her. And as she's looking down, the uh, the, the the tube cracks with a chink, and um, Sif falls down. So I guess the uh, I guess she doesn't make it. I guess this is what what is, is happening here is that. Uh, Tiashara is is dead, and she sits down on the floor, all sad. She's like, "I'm sorry." Uh, Bill comes in the door and says, "Here you are," and Siva's like, "Bill, I am so sorry. We have all this machinery, all these devices, all this intelligence, but I think she had passed before I got her here. I pushed the right buttons. I tried. It doesn't matter now," says Bill. "It is over." She's gone. She is here, Bill. I am sure her spirit still lingers. You can say farewell in the language of your people, and I will make the prayers to Valhalla in her name. She is not an Asgardian, says Bill. Neither are you, but we have always considered you our brother-in-arms. Odin gave you Stormbreaker to prove it. What I would do for you, Bill, I would do for your beloved. I think you need to tell me what happened out there. I am not sure what to tell you, says Bill. Try, says Sif. And so we start getting a little bit of a, a story here from uh, Beta Ray Bill. He takes his helmet off and doesn't look nearly as intimidating without his uh, Thor helmet. But uh, anyway, we were together on Scuttlebutt when that ship came into range. We hailed it, but were met with only silence. It's been matching our course for days. And then it took her. What do you mean it took her? Who took her? What took her? Surely you must have fought something. There was nothing to fight. I woke on the morning of the fourth day, but she was simply gone. But I do not know how long I slumbered. Every day that we followed it, it was like a haze that was growing in my mind, like it wanted me to forget about her. But I followed it, and six hours ago, it, well, it turned left and headed straight for this asteroid. Sif is kind of looks thoughtful for a moment, and she says, All right. Now tell me what happened to you. I just did. No, Bill. What happened to you? I just did. Your beloved is lying there dead, and you are alone again in the universe. Stop calling her that, and I am not alone. Bill, Scuttlebutt may be your boon companion, but... But what? Scuttlebutt is a ship, and I am a cyborg. Would you say I am lust for being so? All right, but Bill, she's Corbinite. She's the last of your kind. Sif, Galactus made her for me out of nothing. She was formed from the universes inside him. I do not know what she is. I do not know what she was. She was a living being, says Sif. She was a gift. And the two of them kind of look at each other, and uh, Sif... Um, kind of looking at him and reaches up with her hand that touches his face and uh, Bill is like, What are you doing? Trying to figure out how to make you feel better. Well, don't, says Bill, and he's looking a little bit angry about that. And we get an expletive out of, uh, out of Sif. is like, Well, Bill, we could always just fight if that would help. And she throws her hands up and is uh, walking off. And Bill says, Isn't that what we're doing? I meant with weapons. And uh, Bill is uh, getting ready to leave, and then she goes, Where are you going? To see if I can talk to Scuttlebutt. 
And he walks out and the door closes behind him. So he walks out and Sif is like, Oh, Bill, I'm so sorry. And uh, she opens up the healing tube or whatever this thing is. And uh, she says, T. Ashara, I have never known anyone who could contain so much sorrow. He knows not what he does. And she is kind of, um, I don't know, cleaning her up or getting ready to bury her or something anyway. Um, it's funny how they're both wearing like, like gray eyeshadow. It's kind, of, it's kind of distracting a little bit. For you and for your journey. And she gives uh, Tiashara a kiss on the forehead. And we get, um, again, this uh, recurrence of the, the uh, dialogue that we saw at the beginning. In the beginning, there was ice above and fire below. And in between, there was only cold and darkness. Only cold and darkness, says Sif. And we switch scenes, and we are back in the re, uh, ruins of Scuttlebutt. And Scuttlebutt is not looking like uh, she's in good shape. And uh, Bill is underneath uh, some sort of a compartment doing some kind of repairs. He says, uh, come on, old gal. I need to hear your voice. Come on, Scuttlebutt. Wake up. And there's a little bit of a coming out of the machinery. And he's holding this like little black cube thing and there's wires coming out of it and uh, and uh, the voice comes out and it says uh, hello and B Beta Ray Bill is like scuttlebutt my old friend hello this is the emergency audio interface P please state the nature of your problem scuttlebutt where are you there exists no records or reference for scuttlebutt please restate Check again, says Bill. Repeat, there is no evidence extant or extinct. Scuttlebutt does not exist. And Beta Ray drops the cube, and he's got both uh, his hands on his head, and he is very, very sad. And we cut back to the inside of the ship, where we have uh, Sif, and she's definitely, you know, has uh, washed and dressed um, uh, the, the alien woman, and is getting ready to bury her, put her in the garden or whatever. I'm not sure what she's planning on doing with her. <laughs> maybe, she's, maybe she's eating her. I don't really know. And we have, the uh, again, the, the little bit of narration continuing. The rivers were still my blood. The hills were still my bones. My skull formed the heavens. And Sif says out loud, We live in the company of our brothers and sisters, and we die there also. Bill loved you somehow. He must have. You and he are the remnants of your race. I think he has made a noble religion of loneliness, but his love will follow you, even if I have to kill him to make that happen. And uh, she's like pulling a cloth over her face, and, it, and the narration says, um, And out of the cold and the darkness I wept the stars into being. I was glad to see him, Tiashara, and I know he is better for having known you. Perhaps that is why... There's a, again, there's kind of this voice in her head. And I was expanded. I was everything for all time. And so it was like, that voice, I, uh, uh, Gaia. So uh, I guess that's our, our evidence here that Gaia is still alive. And uh, so she goes out running through the wrecks and said, Gaia, how could I have forgotten? What is this fog that is enveloping us? Her voice has been in my head this whole time. I am here to protect the Earth Mother while she heals. And I have... 
she comes to a a, a place where the uh, the cactus ship or whatever it is is blocking uh, the door, and she rips it off with a crash. And it's the uh, the whole, like the chamber where Gaia was, and there's like an empty sarcophagus. And Sif is like, "Where are you?" And we then see that Gaia is um, floating in the red ship. So the, the red Giger ship with all the pipe organ stuff and, and all of that. And it looks like a giant eye is looking down at her. And, uh, you know, Gaia being as she is, he's pretty much naked, just a few scraps of cloth around her. She answers uh, Sif by saying, I am here. And we get a to be continued and uh, yeah that is journey into mystery number 653 we're gonna be talking about this in a second but first we have a message here from one of our friends the fantastic arts is your guide to the fantastic four from the beginning of the marvel age of comics in 1961 onwards each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway... Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2 in 1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back. And of course, we have a few things to say about the issue, as we always do. Good to see Beta Ray Bill back and, and actually looking pretty good. This artist tends to do Bill a little bit more, I don't know, squishier, I guess is kind of the, the, the word I'm looking for. He's more flexible. You know, Simonson always did the, the Beta Ray Bill's face and head as being very rigid and it didn't have a lot of expression, and it just kind of like clack, clack, you know? You kind of get the idea as is based on a horse skull, that it would kind of clack around like a horse skull. And this artist definitely has a more, um, a softer look to Beta Ray Bill's anatomy. I, I don't know how other artists have handled it over the years, but uh, it is interesting to see a bit more expression than maybe we're used to seeing. There's definitely uh, some interesting things going on with the art. Uh, I, I, and I mean, interesting in a good way. I mean, I, I think that the, the art in this is really strong generally. And I think that, uh, you know, Shiti has, has done a beautiful job as always. I'm not as crazy about some of the, uh, the atmospheric coloring that we have going on in this issue. Some of it works and some of it doesn't. I'm not really sure exactly what kind of effect that they were going for. But uh, you know, by and large, the, the penciling and the inking look really nice, but the coloring is leaving me maybe a little bit cold. It's a very limited color palette in the different scenes. And I understand that the artist is he's setting the scene so that in each specific area, whether you're on the Avengers space station, whether you're in Beta Ray Bill's ship, whether you're in the, the alien cactus bug thing, um, that, that it's going to look very different. And I get that, and it works really well. 
but I'm not sure that the the coloring works as well. Um, yeah, but you know, this is nitpicking at this point. It's a good story. The artwork's fantastic, and it's it's of course really good to see Beta Ray Bill again. And looking forward to uh, wrapping up the story in the next couple of issues. All right, and with that, it's time to wrap up the show for this week. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to email us, please feel free to do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. And you can also find us over on the Facebook. Look for us over there, Radio Free Asgard, in the searchy box, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review Send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>